0: This is a Storyable Podcast, where story meets curiosity.
1: Well, you know, these stories start with a woman always, right? None of this is scalable for life with her. So I need to start thinking about how I can get out of this situation. Started asking myself questions like, man, what what does my credit look like?
0: that's Emmanuel. And we met as one does by uh, sliding into his DMs on LinkedIn.
1: Uh, my name is Emmanuel. How me? I'm Nigerian. That's why my last name is so cool.
0: And he really is a cool dude. Uh, these days, he's a solutions engineer at HubSpot. And I heard his name mentioned in a lot of pre sales circles. You know, seemingly everyone I knew and was having conversation with was saying, hey, you really got to talk to Emmanuel and hear his story. And can i just say his story it's the kind of quintessential american dream i didn't even know happened anymore Uh, the kind of story uh, about persistence and picking yourself up by the bootstraps you know like your grandparents used to tell back in the day
1: so i need to start thinking about how i can get out of this situation i was working 12-hour shifts six days a week you know trying to make ends meet
0: now, here's a guy who just two years ago was working the grill at a Nando, serving up peri-peri chicken 40 plus hours a week. And now he's leading deals as a technical advisor for one of the largest marketing technology companies in the world. And he made this transition in under six months. Now, more than anything, I just want to know how exactly does this happen? I'm Brandi Anderson, and in this episode, we try and answer this very question. It involves some musical talent, a lot of slamming doors, the support of a great woman, and honestly, just the sheer audacity of a person determined to reach his goals, no matter the risks. Welcome to SE Diaries, the sales engineering podcast that takes a look behind the scenes at tech's most unique role. This is Emanuel's story. Success often leaves breadcrumbs. At least that's what Emanuel tells me the first time we meet up. I think what he means by that is that people rarely become successful without leaving behind a trail of their best, worst, and most mediocre decisions. What's really interesting about that is I don't think you even really understand what you left behind until you look back and recognize how these decisions have led you exactly where you are today. It's these breadcrumbs that I'm most fascinated with, and really how this podcast came about. SE Diaries takes a look at the people behind one of tech's most lucrative careers, a role I guaranteed you never heard of, but that I've been doing for the last four years. Sales engineers, solutions consultants, solutions engineers, or architects, whatever you're calling us these days, Kids aren't saying, I wanna be that when I grow up. So in this season of SC Diaries, I wanted to understand the often winding road that people go on to become sales engineers. In the hopes that you, my wonderful audience, will find some connections with us and maybe be inspired to follow in our path. So I think it's important then to rewind a bit to start at the beginning beginning of all of this earlier we said that emmanuel's story started with a woman but i really think it started with jazz what did you what did you want to do what did you want to be when when you grew up like did you always know you wanted to be in sales yeah.
1: I, you know what, that's a, that's a weird because I feel like it wasn't until I did sales that I'm like, this is for me. Um, but no, actually I went to school for jazz performance. Actually I played the piano. Uh, I play trumpet. That's actually what I went to school for trumpet.
0: Emmanuel studied jazz, uh, since he was a kid, even majored in it in college. He saw work like the real nine to five sort of thing as a cash cow a means to get where he really wanted to be, which was the owner of his very own jazz club.
1: story is I went to school. Um, while I was in school, I actually got the opportunity to go on tour with some pretty cool artists. And I actually didn't finish school because of it. Cause I just felt like I'm doing what musicians would go to school to do. Like I'm a touring musician now. So it's like, do I really want to waste money on this in school? I'll major in something else.
0: One thing that I learned about Emmanuel is that this is a guy who is interested in trying new things, like seeming to leap at every new opportunity that came his way. One minute he's a jazz musician touring all over the U.S., and then he's majoring in photography. And oh, yeah, he's also flying planes.
1: To get my pilot license, things were like super expensive. I don't know if you've ever seen flight school, like the prices and things like that, but it's super expensive. I think at that time I was like spending like a thousand dollars a week and it was like, all right, um, being a musician isn't going to allow me to pay for this anymore. I need a I need a big boy job, as as my mom would like to say back then. Right. Big boy job.
0: So he goes out and gets a, a big boy job working as a glorified secretary for an insurance company. But this ends up paying out for him because a sales rep sees his potential, his charisma, his dedication to helping people and takes him under her wings.
1: Renewal rates were going up and retention rates were going up and stuff. And they were like, oh, no, 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 Emmanuel's name is attached to half of this. So the rep comes out and he's, she's just like, I want to teach you how to do this. So she taught me sales. And I like developed a great career in insurance doing it.
0: After that, he's a selling machine making great inroads in the insurance game. But you know, insurance isn't exactly the sexiest industry to be in. So he does something next I could literally never do. He gets a job selling phone and internet service door to door. Now, I love sales. Like, I've done all sorts of different kinds of sales, retail sales and restaurants, and I've sold cars. And obviously now I work on a sales team selling big-ticket software items to large enterprise customers. But I have always drawn the line at door-to-door sales because, like, honestly, it just terrifies me, the whole thing, right? The constant rejection, the literal doors slamming in your face... Nah, that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> but Emmanuel's the rare breed of human that actually excels in this sort of environment. You see, to him, this is not hard. It's just human.
1: It's not about convincing you of anything or trying to persuade you. I'm not making a sale. I'm connecting with this person to help them make a decision. It's about finding somebody who's looking for what I have and just giving it to them. And I think once I like realized that was it, I think my career in sales just started to, it became fun. It became fun learning, you know, the different types of people that there are, what people care about, what they don't care about, even industry to industry.
0: He's doing so well, leading and learning new skills, dropping those breadcrumbs that will be integral to the rest of his journey until... Well, the worst happens. Illness strikes. And he has to take a step away from a career that he's seemingly made for. He lands a job working the grill at a Nando's. Uh, it's this uh, South African restaurant that sells peri-peri chicken. And he's making minimum wage, but having the flexibility he needed to manage his health. And it's not like he hated his job or he was mad at where life had taken him up to that point. He was grateful for what he was learning. Again, he's the kind of guy always looking for opportunity. Even working as a line cook, that wasn't going to stop him from building connections and learning what he could from the leaders around him.
1: Life hit a huge reset button on me when I got sick, Um, but this was this was my learning playground at this time i also saw it as a humbling thing because i'll be honest there is this there's this thing that comes with being a good salesman and um it's it's a little bit of arrogance and um the team that i was on they were the the manager he was really really good he like was always reading books like the one minute manager he was just constantly developing so himself and i was like man, he would probably be a great salesperson. (laughs) I would totally hire him on my sales team. He's just very sharp. But I think I was so blinded by what I was coming from that I didn't see how I could use those skills of where I was coming from here to be as good as a manager as he was. I won't lie, like sales managers are pretty, pretty hard guys. This guy, he was a hard guy, but there was a way that he was managing a restaurant that made me feel like I couldn't learn from him.
0: So he's content. I mean, as content as any of us are working and living out our lives until he meets the woman of his dreams and everything is turned on its head. How does the love of a great woman change a man's career path? And how exactly does Emmanuel get that very first job as a solutions engineer for HubSpot? We'll find out after some words from our sponsors. So before the break, we met Emmanuel and laid out the breadcrumbs that led him to his first SE job, It's certainly not the same old story I've heard from sales engineers who have been doing this job for decades. You know, they tell me to become a sales engineer, you have to be highly technical, you've got to know a product or a technology really well, preferably as a practitioner for like three to five years before you can even think of transitioning to a sales engineer or solutions consulting type role. And while I think that's true for some S.E. jobs. It's certainly not true for all of them, because Emmanuel will be the first to tell you that he's not the most technical, but that doesn't mean he is without skills, But working at Nando's, he's certainly not utilizing his skills to the best of his abilities. And while I don't think he would have settled into obscurity, like content to work at Nando's the rest of his life, I also don't think he would have moved as aggressively, as fast, taken as big of a risk as he did if he hadn't met the woman who would one day become his wife.
1: Well, you know, these stories start with a woman always, right? Um, I met a woman, and um, she became my girlfriend during that time. And our relationship started to kind of like transform a little bit to a point where I started asking myself questions like, "Man, what does what does my credit look like? Like, what does can I can I build a future?" Right now, like would I marry this girl? And I think like where I was just in the restaurant industry and where I was and how much I was making and you know my living situation, I was just like, nah, none of this is scalable for life with her. So I need to start thinking about how I can get out of this situation. I'm talking, I was working 12-hour shifts six days a week, you know, trying to make ends meet. And in order to make money, you see the trap in that instance is I need to make more money. Most people would think I need to get another job, (laughs) like to add to this job. And that's that's really the trap. I think my mindset was like, you know what? I wanna go back to sales. I was the best version of myself there. I didn't complain about a lot of things. It was just all let's go. And I was making quite a bit of money. So I'm on the internet looking for sales jobs and entertaining the idea of a coding boot camp. So it's like engineering stuff, sales, engineering and then the internet just kind of put the two together and it was like poof cool when i finally get the uh, ad for the cohort that i did i didn't think about it i was like this is what i want to do this is how much it costs i don't have this money
0: you see it's moments right here like this that feel so familiar to me years ago i had the exact same experience weighing whether to risk thousands of dollars in debt to go to a coding bootcamp, all so I could pay for a future, I wasn't 100% sure I was cut out for, or go back to a job I was really familiar with in retail, but had come to the point where I hated it, right? It takes a tremendous amount of bravery to say, this might not work out and that's okay, I'm gonna do it anyway. Emmanuel had that bravery
1: story. I I don't really talk about a lot, but this is a huge part of the story. The girlfriend at the time, um, she was actually in between jobs as well at that time. She actually had to help me with about like $400. And we put that together for me to go ahead and register for this cohort. And it worked out so well. She is now my wife. I spoil her anything she wants. She got it. You know what I mean, um, I'm in such a happier place in life. But it was just that mental shift of knowing exactly what I wanted to do, and that feeling that overcame me when I started reading more about like what it meant to be a sales engineer. And I'm just like, man, like this sounds like stuff that I was starting to fall in love with in my career and helping people in the right way without some of the more negative stuff that came with being a salesperson. So I'm just like, this is exactly what I want to do.
0: Unfortunately, like a lot of people who have been in Emmanuel's shoes, the easy part was making the decision to go down the path. The hard part was actually walking it. Emmanuel graduates from Careerist, a sales enablement boot camp that trains career switchers on key skills they'll need to get a job in the tech industry. Then the question becomes, well, how exactly do I get the job?
1: Getting the job is the job. The interview process is a part of getting experience as an SE. There was one week I applied to literally like 200 jobs and I got 13 calls. And that wasn't good. The data told me that there's something on my resume that doesn't get calls back. You know what I mean? So now I'm looking at my resume objectively and I'm like thinking, okay, well I have to tweak my resume a little bit so that I can at least entice a conversation with you. Most companies, they have resume software that says if you don't have enough buzzwords or you don't have enough um, keywords, phrases on your resume, your resume probably won't even see the light of day. So in order to combat that, I was just like, you know what, I I won't even subscribe to that game. I'll just network with the people hiring, like literally network. And this became the game to me because now it turned into sales.
0: His goal then was not to wait for someone to tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, I think you'd be a good fit for this role, but to go out there and find the right someone, the right company that would see his potential right out of the gate.
1: There are companies that are looking for me, or at least someone like me. I need to find which one is going to take me. Same thing with door-to-door sales, right? I'm not convincing anybody of anything. I I know I'm an SE. I just just did a four-week intense cohort and paid a lot of money just to say that. Of course I'm an SE. Now the question is, how do I find the company who's looking for me? Like, how bad do you want this thing? Because you only need one yes. Now the yes I got ended up being at like one of the best companies in the world right now, but it, that was the only yes that I needed.
0: Now Emmanuel found that with HubSpot, but it wasn't all rainbows and unicorns trying to get in front of the right people at HubSpot.
1: I got the offer from HubSpot in October. So what? So from June to October, uh, June, July, August, September, October, so about um, four months, give or take even though that sounds short man i can it felt like forever i don't blame the people that stop you know in the beginning they're like oh yeah 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 i'm going to apply for this job i'm going to do this interview process yeah but after getting rejected a couple times trust me that those no's start to get a little heavy and you're just like i'm going to take a break but this is what i mean by that space is where you define yourself I, like I said, I started playing the networking game, right. And I saw a manager at HubSpot post something on LinkedIn about them hiring for a mid market position, which I don't even qualify for by, by the way. Um, I just reached out to him and I said, Hey, you know, I see that you guys are hiring solutions engineers at HubSpot. Um, I was wondering if I could ask you questions about your ideal candidate and the role itself. Uh, let me know if you've got some time to chat. I've got a pretty hefty sales background and I think that, you know, a growing tech acumen that makes me feel like I have confidence in filling this role. And it was just like, well, why not just apply? Now here's a tip. Whenever they did just push you to the application, that's their way of saying, it's probably not gonna work out. <laughs> they'll they'll just get your resume and just toss it aside. Or, or the resume, soft, they, they just know your resume is not gonna get past what they're looking for with the resume software. So I was, he pushed me to the application, but I let him know like, hey, most of my questions are actually just about the experience that you guys are looking for. And I was wondering if I could just kind of go back and forth about that before I applied.
0: I gotta stop right here, cause that was golden. Emmanuel said before that the search is the job. And this is one of the best examples of objection handling I've seen in my career. He was about to get the brush off. and And it's certainly not the first brush off he had faced over the last four months. But instead of taking the L, walking away defeated, he rallied and asked for the opportunity to understand the needs of this hiring manager better. And this tactic pays off.
1: He was just like, okay. So we get on a Zoom call and um, he was one of the people that said, man, your, your resume actually like severely undervalues you. And I'm just like, wow, so glad we talked. And um, he says, I don't think you have enough experience, but not because I don't think you'll be a good fit, but for what we're looking for in this mid-market role. But believe it or not, we've got this small business thing that HubSpot's about to start doing, and I think you have enough skill to be a great fit for that. And I was like, yes. And um, before I knew it, I was in the interview process.
0: More about that interview process and how you can walk the same path that Emmanuel paved when we come back.
1: Every single conversation I had in the interview process, every time I passed to the next round, I'm going to be honest with you, I was angry. I was like, there's no way. They are pulling my leg. There's no way that they think I'm, I'm good enough for this job.
0: Isn't it always the case that the minute we get exactly what we've been working towards, the doubt rears its ugly head?
1: And my manager who was interviewing me at the time, she was amazing person look past my resume she didn't even let me wait she was like i'm not gonna let you go into the weekend thinking about it i want you to know that i think you have what it takes i'm just letting you know usually our recruiter gives you a call like we let it simmer over the weekend and we give you a call like on a monday or tuesday this was like a thursday a friday afternoon and she's like i'm just gonna let you know now we're gonna offer you the position um i really like the skills you bring to the table and i was just so touched i was like Man, I will not let you down. Let me tell you something, when I started November 1st, it was the scariest thing I've ever, I almost wanted to puke. Like, imposter syndrome almost swallowed me alive to the point where I almost fired myself. I was like, I'm not, I don't think you guys know that you hired this line cook from Nando's to, to help you and make help their customers make million dollar decisions. Like, do you guys know what you did. So it was just like super weird, but um, I'm so grateful for like my team, uh, the people at my job that has just created an amazing environment for me um, to get the swing of things. And you know, it turns out like, I'm, I'm actually pretty decent at this. Like I'm, I'm pretty good. And that's just not something that I would have thought, you know, but I think giving myself grace and allowing myself to trust myself a little bit more, uh, built up a different type of confidence that now even my customers see. So when I'm proposing a solution, they're like, all right, yeah, yeah. I'll believe this guy.
0: So what have we learned today? One, the key to your success is not hiding who you are, where you came from. It's all the skills and experience you've gained along the way. For Emmanuel, he would not be where he is today without his music career, or the years he spent selling door to door, or even his time slinging peri-peri chicken six days a week.
1: There's no way that failure is the opposite of success. There's just no way. And the reason why I say, that's like saying, that's like saying red is the opposite of purple. Red is a part of purple, you get me? Like red and blue make purple. So failure cannot be the opposite of success when failure is literally a part of success. So like, you know, when it gets scary, like, oh, nobody's going to hire me because I've just been failing and taking these no's to the face. That's that's you accepting the failure, but you're not allowing the failure to teach you
0: Two, approach the job hunt like you approach the SE job itself. You know, you've got to go out and do discovery, find out what hiring managers are looking for by, you know, actually talking to (laughs) hiring managers and SE leaders and recruiters. And then you share with them the value you actually bring to the table. You're the product, sell yourself. Now, this isn't a silver bullet. And just like everything else in sales, not every job is going to be for you. Uh, But as Emmanuel told us, we're not out here to convince anyone. You're trying to find a role that needs your brand of awesome. And I guarantee you there's a sales engineering team somewhere in the industry that could use your brand of awesome.
1: I just looked at the facts, right? If you Google sales engineer, solutions consultant, or, 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 or solutions engineers right now, job openings, You Googled any of those titles, like 26,000 open positions right now. I said to myself that there's no way that I will not be one of those 26,000. There's just no way, the demand is too high. And there's not enough people that know about this role for me to not be one of those people.
0: Lastly, find something to motivate you outside of just the money. Uh, Listen, I know the money's good. Uh, Not going to lie. Totally one of the reasons why I got into this job. Um, And we can totally understand, right, the motivation to go towards the money. But if that's the only thing you're going to be focusing on, you're going to miss opportunity when it knocks on your door. So find something else to push you. For me, it's freedom. The the freedom to take on projects like this podcast, the freedom to be creative in my demos and creative with my time. For Emmanuel, it's the ability to build the kind of future he's always dreamed of uh, with a, a wife and a music career and yeah, you know, a plane ride or two. And for you well I-, I hope this episode has given you some ideas some things to think about along the way
1: um the people who are looking to be me I- I'll just say be better don't 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 be me like I'm talking about me but that's only because I know my story but anybody who you see is you know where you want to be talk to them do not be afraid to ask them how they got to where they got figure out what they did write it down write out your favorite parts of their story then apply it to what you want to do and literally just project yourself past them
0: and i hope you'll join us uh, next time on another episode of se diaries catch you next time SE Diaries is created and edited by me, Brandi Anderson. Special thanks to today's guest, Emmanuel Fadaginimi, for sharing his story. Do you have a story you want to tell about your SE experience? Well, I'm interested in hearing it. Feel free to reach out to me at sediariespodcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. And thank you for everyone listening today. If you got something out of this podcast, please feel free to share this with your friends, subscribe or follow, and definitely leave a review wherever you get your podcast.